This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Pride West London podcast. We are back in West London. We are back near Brentford. In fact, we're back very close to the new stadium. But instead of coming out the stadium and going straight on over to over to one over the eight, we've come out and did a bit of a left. We walked along the uh, the towpath, um, along Strand on the Green, and we are at the Bell and Crown, which is an absolutely fabulous old pub. It's not Victorian. I would say it's sort of 20s 30s pub but just beautifully placed right right on the right on the towpath right on the river the view is stunning um the beer in here is excellent really really friendly and it's a little secret mate two of the people who are on the podcast tonight they used to work in here and they can tell they they'll tell you a little bit more about this boozer when i introduce them so with me i'm dave lane um billy's stateside for another week, um, it'll be back next week probably. Um, we're back certainly in time for the Brentford game against Wigan on Saturday. So, to my left, we have Dan Mann. Welcome back, Dan. You're uh, you've been on a, you were on a couple of weeks back. Yeah, I was on the radio, my first time on the radio. So, um, yeah, good to be drinking and talking all things Brentford. So, yeah, thanks for having me. All good, mate. And we have well, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit. Deja vu. Ed Edward the Headwood was on the radio show last night, but he, he loved it so much that he he, he begged well, it, and one or two other things to come on to the podcast proper. I'll tell you later. I'll tell, I'll tell you later. I'm going to have another point of unfiltered. So, so Ed, welcome back, mate. Uh, thanks very much, Dave. Nice to see you so so often in, in, in 24 hours. My first double of a podcast and a radio in a week. Um, but yeah, always happy to be part of the crew. And you realise that my pledge last night of not drinking this week has fallen by the wayside uh, uh, on day two. So there you go, a man of zero willpower. And Robin Hood, uh, how many weeks since you last... This is almost like a confession, isn't it? <laughs> how many weeks is it since you last talked, talked rubbish on yeah, our podcast? Interrogatively sitting across me. Um, no, it was, uh, I think it was Distillers a couple of weeks back. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was pre-Blackburn. Yeah, so you were the jinx that, that brought the, the, the defeat to the Blackburn. That was a good one. That's right. We had um, Kate and Jem on that yeah, night, and, and that was a really, really good night. So the secret was you two used to work in this pub. Tell me a little bit more about the boozer. Um, it's, it's, 
it's one of my favourite bruises in the world. Um, it's uh, used to be a, uh, two separate buildings, basically. Uh, the downstairs, what is the now the downstairs restaurant area is now a, um, used to be a cobbler's bar and a post office and a post office, and was the site of numerous other retail outlets throughout the sort of 19, uh, early 1900s. Um, but it's, uh, it's 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 beautiful. It's absolutely fantastic. It's right on the towpath, and yeah, love it a bit. So, if you fancy a few beers and a swim. Um, a bit of buy, buy a bit of surfboarding and all that kind of stuff. You can do it out there. Yeah. So uh, Robin and I used to work here. So it's, it's a lovely boozer. Um, the, the staff are amazing. The beers are great. Uh, and from what I understand, don't quote me on this, but it, it is one of the three pubs that Fullers will never get rid of. One being this, the Churchill, and the Dove um, is, is, is their, their Fullers' top three pubs. Dove from above, as anyone remembers. Um, Reeves and Mortimer, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so there's, there's, you know, sometimes you think there's absolutely nothing to talk about because international break, there's been no fixtures, um, but Brentford, it shows you there's, there's always something to have a jaw about. And there's, there's loads tonight. I mean, I, I literally I walked out and it was like a skeleton itinerary and now we've just chatted over a couple of beers and we've got a full show. So what we're going to do... We're going to come back after this twang, and we're going to talk about the international break, um, how you, how we think the the, the two weeks, you know, for most players will will affect us, whether it affects us at all, and looking forward to September fixtures and kind of what we're hoping that the the next phase of the season is going to bring. What a gorgeous twang that is! Uh, before we go on to you know, the, the post-international break malarkey. just want to go around and ask if there's anything kind of that's, that's jumped out news-wise over the last, uh, the last week or so, you know, whether it's Brentford-related or f- just football-related in general. Ed? Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we touched on it last night. I think the, the, the main discussion point at the moment is uh, what's going on with the Arsenal tickets. Um, after, after the radio last night, it came out that we'd knocked out 4,500. And the club kind of put on a tweet today saying that uh, they're still deciding whether they're going to put the tickets out to members. I, I think eventually they will go out to members. I don't think there will be an issue with it, but um, at, at the moment it stands they're just doing season ticket holders and from there. Uh, I think that's the one thing that just this sprung to me today from, from after last night. We'll definitely talk a little bit more about that later on because, as you say, it's, um, it's something that affects, you would say, the majority of Brentford fans or, or an equal amount of Brentford fans. We've got 5,000 odd season ticket holders. There's more than 10,000 in, in the stadium on a match day. So there's a lot of members that are kind of a little bit concerned at the moment as to, A, why they pay for their membership and they don't get a ticket for a game like this, you know, 8,000 should be enough for everyone or, you know, maybe a bigger allocation. I don't know, but, you know, um, season, I guess that's why you buy a, se- that's, that's why you buy a season ticket. Uh, Dan, I, I know that there was some news tonight about the England start-up, the starting line-up that kind of caught your eye. There's one player that's uh, and, and brought us another little windfall. Good old James Halkowski is playing, so that's uh, some money in our coppers, so in the bank for us. So yeah, that's good. That's, I suppose that's the only good thing about that. Hopefully he gets injured, but no, no. Sorry, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stoop to that level, but no. Um, so yeah, so that's quite interesting for us because we get some money out of that. So yeah, all good. Yeah, if he starts, which is apparently what's happening, he get we get ho- uh, half a million pounds, which is not a, it's not, a, it's not an insignificant amount of money ever, is it? So uh, you know, Burnley are, I've been very good to us in in terms of 
But, you know, I, again, you know, you say but Burnley have been very good to us, but the deals that we've made them sign have been very good to us. You know, it's, it's our negotiating that's made these kick-ins and these, these kind of extra bits you know, really, really lucrative. You think the Andre Gray, the yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the well, the gift that doesn't stop giving is the, is Burnley at the moment. So uh, yeah, so thank you very much. Hopefully, there's some deals on uh, Ryan Woods' contract. So you know, when he when he gets his big Premiership move in a couple of seasons, that's some more money hopefully for us. It's, I don't I don't doubt there is. I don't. I really don't doubt there is. Uh, Robin, there was um, I think there was something on Twitter that caught your eye today. Uh, yeah, there was actually something that caught my eye on Twitter. Uh, I understand that Harley Dean is having a bit of trouble uh, getting his sofa. Um, what he didn't disclose in uh, this tweet is that the sofa is actually an upgrade for the Birmingham City subs bench, which no doubt has to take uh, the weight of Harley Dean's head on it as well. So I, th- I can understand why he's getting a bit frustrated with that. It's got to be traumatic, though, isn't it? Really, you know, if you, if you, for someone for someone like with you know, like Harley. Yeah. Waiting him for a sofa is is got to be. It's, it, oh, it's an, it, it has to be a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's not getting enough money off out of it. I mean, maybe maybe he needs to become Harley DFS. Yeah, DFS, <laughs> the DFS sofa. He probably played full price. Birmingham probably played full price. That's for sure. Will it be ten times better than his last one? Wow. Oh, nice one. Definitely good one. Does it come with um, a Spanish and a French model with it as well, or does it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. These are all questions. Um, at Harley Dean on Twitter, give him a, give him a tweet, ask him all these questions, because we'd really like to know here at this what, what do you reckon Harley Dean will find down the back of his old sofa? <laughs> uh, probably Jake Bibwell somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice one, nice one. Yeah, so, so there you go. You know, my, the, the thing, that I, the thing that's um, jumped out at me in the last sort of 48 hours, really, and, I, and I'll say it because I'm involved in it, um, is a series of new Brentford videos that the club have launched they're called Welcome to TWA. Um, Besotted has filmed them all. Um, it's been brilliant. We could, we've, you know, we've been invited to work with the club to kind of um, show the fans' take, um, whether they're home fans or away fans' take on, on, on your, your Brentford experience. So the first one we focused on family, um, and they're really designed to kind of showcase what the family section is like and to encourage hopefully more families to to come down and enjoy the match day experience and the next one's going to be away fans so uh you know it's aimed at telling away fans what to do in brentford apart from going necessarily to the same four pubs you know we'll open it out there's loads there's loads to do in brentford you know whether what's you know either side of the river there's there's tons to do around there so um it's just kind of a little bit of a different slant on on the brentford experience so they'll all come under the Welcome to TWA um, banner, um, but it's, it's been really good to, to hear the club's kind of uh, kind of vision on how they want to make Brentford uh, and celebrate Brentford. So yeah, so I hope you enjoyed the first one. I think there's like six more to come or five more to come. So they'll be rolled out um, slowly after Christmas. They take us ages to do. So, uh, but you know, we've been doing the, uh, the the besotted videos for almost six years now. So that's that's quite a chunk of time. And you know, they're they're evolving slightly. And sometimes you just need a, you know a project like this to kind of just do something a little bit different. And uh, you know, it's been it's been brilliant to work with the club as I say so um, more of those to come uh, 
so we're back after the international break, kind of. There's a you know, with his internationals going on tonight, and I can't believe you know, um, England has already has already been sort of the bubble's been burst a little bit. We're not we're not even chomping at the bit for this international that goes on tonight. Anyway, so we've got some really good fixtures coming up in September now, starting with the Wigan game this Saturday. What, if anything, Ed, do you think? The, the, the player with the players you, you hope obviously we're all hoping they hit the ground running again but do you think there's, you know, this, is it going to be a lack of momentum or did the international break come spot on, spot on for us no I think, I think it came spot on I think um, uh, after the, the last couple of games including the Blackburn game uh, where we kind of levelled us down a little bit um, and then came back and had a, a reasonably tricky game at home after that um, I think with the international break it came at a really good time whether we've got um, you know, quite a lot of the first team go, going out for international duty, um, but that they'll keep their fitness up and keep their match intensity up by going on international duty. However, I think they'll that they'll come back and be in a good shape of shape of uh, mind and form to 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 really go back into the league form. Well, uh, what I've said a couple of times recently is the fact that these international breaks from a fan's perspective come around at the right time because we you know we, we go all in we go up and down the country um, Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday and it, it, it is quite draining on on your, your pocket and obviously your energy but because the for the majority of players that aren't involved in the, in the internationals it does it doesn't mean that they get too fatigued so I think this like nap, these these kind of little breaks are kind of really useful in, in making sure that the, the the fatigue doesn't set in too early. Yeah, I, I, I have a sort of slightly different opinion on it. I think I'm all for international breaks, but I don't think it came at the right time for us because I felt like there was a for me international breaks stop momentum. That's the one thing they do more than anything else. And, and again, that's just my opinion. Um, and I don't think I th- we had two players away on international duty with Chris Meppham and um, Henrik Dalsgaard for Judge. for Wales. Uh, Judge didn't play. Um, still away. Still, still away, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. Th- I don't. Th- I don't think that. Um, I've just got myself a hole there. Um, but uh, but apart, I don't, apart from the well, apart from those, what the Romans ever done for us? <laughs> uh, I don't think enough of the squad were away from uh, away on international duty to benefit. Uh, from those games and I just think it stops our momentum I really did, do Did Josh McEachern not play for England tonight? Uh, no he didn't get the call up I don't know why Dan I mean I think with, with under Dean Smith I mean it's not like the players who have stayed have gone to like Dubai and had a week off they have actually been training and that, that intensity has been keeping up so I, I'm not too worried I mean I know other views are available but I'm, I'm not too worried I think Dean Smith's been very strict with those guys they haven't Buckled off for a week somewhere hot, you know, and chilled out. They have been training. They have been, you know, doing stuff. So yeah, I, th- I think as well. The um, as you say, you know, but I think w- when things are going well, the I don't, I don't think it really matters. You say it's probably been a really nice kind of slightly more relaxed air around the training camp because we're fifth in the league and we're three points off the top and we've got eleven points. Th- you know, we we are we we're doing we're doing all right. If we'd have been bottom of the division and kind of like it has been injuries and it's the it's, 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 it's yeah like last year, it's, it's the last thing we would have wanted no but uh, I'm slightly going back on your point uh, a lot of the players in that international window who weren't on the international duty I'm thinking Canos and Barbade 
perfect example. If you if you're staying hot on social media, you'll see that they did go home. So so Canos went home and he's putting paellas up, and Barber went home and he's, he and he's out. Yeah, he went, you know, back to France. And I think that is also a good thing in its own right that. You know, you're, you're, you're the full intensity of being a part of a championship football club all the time, but you also need your family break and just to get away for a little bit. And only for the weekend, don't get me wrong, like a three, four day weekend. So they, they do get that chance to go away as well, which keeps them fresh. So that wasn't just a stereotypical kind of Spanish comment. He was actually making he paella. Was he genuinely was eating paella. He did make paella. Yeah. I, I can vouch for at the head. I don't know if he was certainly eating it. And, and, it's a, and side Ben Rama was walking around making couscous in a fez. Let's let's. <laughs> no, side Ben Rama was putting up selfies of himself because <laughs> I think he likes putting photos. To be fair, up. to be fair, every selfie is of yourself. Well, no, but he always just puts up photos of himself looking good. I know we're going to come on to the Wigan game, but I think if it had been a more, if he'd been a, a higher team than I, I would have been worried. But I mean, Wigan were not too worried, so it's not the end of the world that they've had a week off and that potentially the the, the rolling ball of you know us doing really well has stopped. I think we'll be fine. I can't. It's, it's going to be really interesting Saturday. If I'm honest with you, it's it's it's, it's like how, how how some of the it's probably only two players that have done real long distances. You know, as you say, Makocho he's gone on South African duty he's been over in Africa um, and Sawyers has been out into the Caribbean and you know I, I wish I'd <laughs> wish I'd have gone with him um, that sounds like the perfect international break uh, maybe I'm coming from a sort of fan point of view I don't like international breaks because I get bored if I don't have my football on a Saturday that's, that's just the way it is sounds like you need to get a bit of a life <laughs> so so Robin or a missus let's come yeah or a missus or a mister whatever tickle, whatever tickles your fancy mate um, the kind of brings us on to another question something else we've been talking about a little bit we've been batting around do we know our best starting 11 now so we're we're five or six weeks into the season we've had our international break we've we've i wouldn't say we've experimented massively but we've we've we have we've dibbled we've we've you know we've kind of swapped around a little bit um ben rama instead of starting on the bench he's becomes a it becomes a first eleven player I, I would say now. Canos I would say maybe he's a, a bench player at the moment. Um Morpe comes back after his ban now. Does he come straight back into the starting eleven or is he started from the bench? I would say absolutely he's in the starting eleven. We have struggled without him. So best elevens you know, there's, there's injuries, so you know we we still can't um, include Marcondes. We are probably we still can't um, Mads Beck Sorensen. I don't think he's ready yet. Rico Henry, who you know, it's great news that he's announced that he's back in full time training. So he's not going to be a million miles away. And again, um, Odebaggio, he's there or thereabouts in contention, but not quite there probably from what we imagine. So. Start best starting eleven. What, what who would you be picking this Saturday, Robin? Um, I think it's interesting. Sort of when you look at back at last season at this sort of stage, there was quite a clear spine to the team. If you like, you had Bentley in goal. You had Egan as captain at centre back. Woods in the middle. Vibe up front. And that as a start of last season, I think that's something we don't have this season. Whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing is up for debate. Um, but what is clear is for this season is that we have got cover in positions and strong cover. You know, really capable players in every single position. Um, for me, I think the back three of Bentley, Concer, and Mepham 
uh, picks itself. I think they've developed a good relationship. They've played together week in, week out in the league for the best part of a month and a half now. Um, and then I think Dalsgaard and Barbe are by default the two really decent fullbacks. Um, I think Dalsgaard has proved himself on international duty. Uh, I think he's absolute quality, and I think Barbe uh, has proven himself, despite being a centre back by trade, to be a very capable left back. Um, I think Josh McEachran has proved himself-ish I think uh, there's certainly still room for him to improve his his game but he's um, certainly had more accomplished footballer this season I think than last season Sawyer's picks himself I think he's been outstanding this season I think he's been a real class act Um, I struggle for who else I'd pick in that sort of midfield trio I've gone with Yanaris just purely because of the energy he provides from the start and I think having the ability of to bring Kamen Makocho on from the bench is something is something a luxury that a lot of clubs don't have um, and then the wide players as good as Canos has been uh, and as underrated I think as Canos has been I think Ben Rama and Watkins have both proven themselves to be amazing uh, Watkins in particular Ben Rama's a very exciting prospect as well for the rest of the season uh, and you need a striker that scores goals and Malpe that scores goals so that would be my keeper to striker best uh, best starting 11 yeah and that's, as pressure goes more pays the one out of that team I would say is heaps on him you know <clears throat> the goals from a striking position are going to fall the responsibility for that is going to fall squarely on those then the, those those French shoulders of his. And it's interesting you're going to go Unaris instead of McLeod. Um, I, I get again, you know, it shows you in the middle of the park we have we've got a wealth wealth of options there. Ed, yeah, um, I'm, I'm 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 a big fan of McLeod as well. After you just said that, um, and I do think the team's been going with him recently. But uh, I'm kind of on the same page. But going from, I've got Bentley in goal, obviously. Um, I throwing in a little bit of a clangor um, for, for me personally. From what I've seen of Jeanvier, uh, I've been really, really, really impressed by him. So I'm putting Jeanvier and Meps in the centre back positions with Dalsgaard and Barbe um, on the right and the left. Uh, now, you, you, you're right, Robin. I, I would start with somebody like Yanaris in the defensive mid three uh, with bringing on Makocho. Because um, I, I really think Makocho upped the game when he came on the other day, against, especially against Sheffield. Uh, and he's kind of done that a lot. Although, would you start him? The other, the other thing that springs to mind for me at the moment is uh, it seems like McEachran doesn't isn't doing it for 90 minutes quite yet uh, and maybe the same for McLeod so uh, that's where the swaps are and Sawyers picks himself uh, and Ben Rahama, Watkins and Malpe so yeah I, I have to say there as well yeah I, I can't you say Jean Vier without Billy being here being the fluent French speaker <laughs> I'm not sure that the, the pronunciation of that name is 100% right I, 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 yeah I, I can't we need without him being here I, I don't think any of us are qualified yes well we're, until Billy comes back is it's that's that's just uh, I can only apologise for, for the French speakers our listeners to this podcast uh, Dan you know, you, you've listened to the you listened to the, the those starting lineups. They're, they're both they're both amazing lineups. Yeah. Um, they're good enough to get a, a, um, a playoff place in this division <laughs> if they if they uh, carry on like they've done. Is there anything you would argue with necessarily? No, I mean I'm happy with all those uh, scenarios. Um, you know, my back four. I mean, I'd say my my lineup would be Bentley. Is it Kosak? 
Morpay, Barbet and Dowskard in defence, McLechran in midfield, um, Canos, Sawyers and Mokotro, Morpay and Watkins. So yeah, I mean it, it's all variations, it's all it's all good. I mean I mean as I said on the radio show a couple of weeks ago, I am starting to be really impressed by Josh McLechran. He's really stepped up a level. You know, I, I didn't rate him at all the last couple of seasons, but the few games the games I've been to this season He's just been bossing it with Sawyers, and it's just like, yeah, fine, you, you've won me over, and, and hopefully he can continue that for the rest of the season. Because obviously there is that X factor about him, and it's not been unlocked at Brentford yet, but it, it's slowly coming out, and that's good for us and for him. But it does show you, kind of, over the last year, how 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 strong the defence seems to have become. You know, when when Dean was here, and um, you know, we we had um, obviously um, Egan as well, and you kind of we or maybe we were a little bit nervous about getting rid of those. But you know, with Jean Vier and Concert, you've got a real interesting kind of battle there. Mm. Uh, you know, both of both of whom deserve a start. It's just you know, that's just and you know. Heaven forbid they get injured. There's a there's a natural replacement there. Mepham, he he, he you know he, he was really highly rated in his his game against uh, Republic of Ireland over the weekend, and you know he he seems only to be getting stronger and stronger. So you know it's it's looking all good at the back. Yeah. Um, I, I completely agree with that. I think Chomvier has been um, <laughs> terrific in the games he's played. Uh, you know you can't argue with the centre back scoring two goals in two games in two appearances. I mean that's a fantastic record. Uh, I just believe that with the relationship that uh, Bentley, Mepham and Conser have built up as that sort of defensive, first defensive three players, um, I don't think you should split that up just when it's still in the process of you know, momentum and getting going. Interestingly, you three of you have all gone Bentley in goal without any hesitation. So the recent fluffs, they've not swayed you anyway? I mean, Bentley... I mean, the thing with Bentley is that he is a class act. You know, he is going to obviously go places, and he still, he still is making mistakes. But I think as a squad and as a team, we're recovering very quickly for, from those mistakes. I mean, he's still a young keeper; he's still got a lot to learn. And yeah, Bentley all the way. Well, yeah, especially when if you're looking at our chances we create, exactly. we, we should be scoring. We score, scoring more than the fluffs that he makes. <laughs> I mean, to comment, just clarify two two fluffs. Uh, the amount of points he saved us mm. from amazing saves. And tell me that none of you stand on the terrace or wherever you sit or watch the game when he puts out some of his distribution. You don't go, wow, like. Unbelievable distribution. Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm not criticising. It's just that no, the, no, the no. fact that he has certainly made a couple of clangers. Don't and and I agree with you about his distribution. That, but there is a it's a commonly held myth that his distribution isn't good for some reason. And I just it's not what I see. No, no find, find me a better keeper in the championship that distributes like Daniel Bentley. Um, what we've also got to remember is Bentley's. I think I believe he's in his mid twenties, right? Okay, okay. Most footballers, that's where outfield players sort of tend to peak. Goalkeepers don't tend to peak until their late twenties, early thirties. So that's what you've got to consider. Considering his age, he is bloody good. Just to add, uh, one of our previous Brentford employees, Ted Knutson, um, came out the other day and just uh, he's now not working with us anymore, but put out a video going, this guy, Bentley, look at these distributions, the, the, the way he distributes the ball, especially with the long throw, how underrated that is and how not, it's not used that much and, and, and what it does for the team. And, you know, if you follow Bentley on Twitter, you know, he, he realises that he has made the odd mistake, but he works hard. 
and he, he, he knows where he's gone wrong and he's working hard day in, day out to improve himself. So, you know, we, we haven't even seen the best of him, which is scary because he's brilliant at the moment. So, yeah. He also saves with his head, amongst, <laughs> amongst other appendages. Um, yeah, I think he's um, saved with uh, almost every area of his body in the last, uh, the last few weeks. So, uh, he saves with his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, if you can think of any area of his body that he's not saved with, then please, 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 yeah. So, uh, so th- there you go. We, we, what we've, uh, what we've, in a long-winded way, we've worked out that... Uh, <laughs> Dean Smith has got some really, really uh, nice, nice problems to think about, but it, it almost picks itself, but not quite. And I think that's what I quite like. Yeah, you never want, you never ever want a team that just picks itself because, yeah, because just like it means you haven't got enough, you haven't got enough like fringe players pushing. You know, I remember, you know, back in the, you know, whenever it was when, you know, our star player got injured and we, you know, we struggled to have a replacement for him. But now, you know, if someone gets injured, it doesn't matter because we know we've got that depth of squad. So, yeah, you know, Morpay might get injured, but there's a, there's a striker there. You know, there are strikers and there are people there who can take his place. So, you know, I'm not worried about it. Dave, uh, can I bring it on you and ask you what your starting eleven is? Because we haven't heard from you. No, <laughs> no, you can't. You can't ask that question. It's 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 it's, it's pretty much there, mate. I mean, you know, it, 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 as I said, you know, as I said, really, it it, it picks itself pretty much. Um, I, I do I do agree with you, really, that Jean Vier is too good not to play. But it's working out how he does play. Who do you leave out? Does Conte deserve it? No, he doesn't. Does does Mepham deserve it? Of course he doesn't. You know, Barbe we love. Um, you know, th- these are the these are really the problems that people listen to this, and you know, everyone in the pubs on a match day and post match, they're all, they're all talking. I think I think the one, the only player that really 100% picks himself though is um, Morpé. Uh, I think that's. The, um, but we've said this, we, we and Watkins probably. Yeah, yeah, Watkins for sure. But Sawyer's. Yeah, no, no, but but there, but there are. No, no, there are. But in those positions, there there is alternatives that may not be quite quite as good but would still really create as many chances similar amount of chances yeah no they're, they're, they're cracking players that they are they are the best players in those positions but more pay on his own is, is stand out without him we, we're struggling right so after this twang we're going to come back and talk about um Chidozi Ogbene, who has gone down to Exeter on loan until January. Um, and a few people were a little bit kind of scratching their heads why he didn't start. I know Exeter City won 5-1, um, so they don't necessarily, they don't necessarily kind of, uh, they weren't crying out for anyone else. But we are loaning our players out to these clubs. And to be honest with you, without sounding too up our own asses, we expect them to play. So, Chidozi Ogbene. Um, he's obviously probably not the first Brentford player that springs to your mind when, you know, when you're thinking about next Saturday or whatever. But is it really exciting, very raw, young forward winger. Uh, we bought him from Cork in Ireland. Uh, he's tall, he's gangly, he's really unpredictable, but there's something there. There's Brentford have spotted it. I've, you know, when the people that have seen him play already, I think they're genuinely excited about it. We were a little bit 
kind of taken aback. Not taken aback. We were kind of like, really, is he is he one to send out on loan? We were thinking after his um, performance against Cheltenham, we thought actually he might get a game against against Nottingham Forest before the international break. So when he went out um, on loan to uh, Exeter City, we thought actually he might. He, he, you know, he's going to get a start every week. And I, I'm struggling here, actually, to explain that I don't actually want to sound like I'm a big-time Charlie now or Brentford are big-time Charlies, and we should demand that if we, are, if, we, if we bless another club with our players, then they should be guaranteed a start. You know, who are Exeter City not to be playing Brentford players? I don't really want to come across like that. But what I do want to say is that if we do loan these players out... Then I think they we, we're running them out for a reason, aren't we? And that's to get more experience. He doesn't need more experience on the bench. So am I? Am I jumping the gun on this? Am I getting a little bit a little bit tetchy where I shouldn't, Ed? Yeah, Dave. I think you're getting a little bit tetchy because he didn't get uh, any minutes last weekend. I don't think. I, maybe in two, three weeks' time, if that's the same case, then I'll agree with you. But just because he didn't get uh, minutes in a 5-1 win, was it extra got at the weekend? I, I, I wouldn't get too caught out about it at the minute. On the other hand, I mentioned this uh, in, in, in pub talk last night, that we are forgetting the fact that Malkondes is due back from injury soon as well. And he is higher in the pecking audio, uh, audio order at Brentford at the moment than uh, Ogbeni is. So if we can put Ogbeni out to a team like Exeter, that, you know, we wouldn't send our players out there to start with if we didn't think it would be a good you know, little period for them to go out there. Um, it's only a short learn, so until January, I think he'll get minutes in between now and January. And I think also Mark Anders is above him in the pecking order at the moment. So I, I don't think it's that much of a stress, to be honest. Maybe, maybe my position's kind of um, has been kind of clarified. Maybe I've come to this 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 kind of outlook because it would appear that the players that we've loaned out recently don't seem to have been given a huge amount of game time. Uh, you know, we, we we've been backwards and forwards a, a little bit. I, I can't I can't see many examples of uh, really successful loan spells. Or am I wrong again? On the other hand, Dave, would he be getting minutes at Brentford? With who, sorry? Would he be getting minutes at Brentford? No, but he, he would probably be on our bench as well. And, and, and I'm saying, you know, is he... It, it, not minutes. I thought you said Woods. Would, would cause he Wood, be getting minutes? No, but we've loaned, we've loaned Ryan Woods technically right. to Stoke. So, so the, to the, clarify, the word Woods... Would Ogbeni be getting minutes if he was still at Brentford? Oh, you mean Ogbeni. <laughs> um... <laughs> To be honest, I think it, he's on loan there until January, as you too clarified earlier. I th- we'll wait and see. I don't think it's too too much to be getting too stressed out, uh, too stressed over at this early moment in time in his loan period. So Laney's going to take a chill pill, um, <laughs> but I think just settle petal. No, I, I no, but I am going to. No, I'm going to. I am going to say this once more. But you know, if we send a player out on loan. It's to gain experience that he can't get at Brentford, and he he has he has got experience of sitting on a bench. He doesn't need to do that at Exeter. I think he's he's obviously gone there. He's come from Ireland. It's a very different league. He's come to England to you know play in the English league, and it's very it's a very different league. So hopefully he'll get the games at Exeter. He will hopefully come back from that loan period. Exeter, you know. A better player, almost. You know, he's he's clearly a very raw talent, and maybe there's too much rawness in him to be able to 
you know, get into the first squad. But the thing is, he wouldn't be able to. He wouldn't get in the first squad at the moment. You know, we've just talked about our our first eleven. You know, where would he fit there? Yeah, well, we also brought Cole back from Yeovil. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure of the whole story there, but again, there must have been. You know, I, I think Reece, I Again, another player that I thought I'd want to see more of at Brentford. So, you know, I think I think he's not. I mean, from what I've ever seen of Reece Cole, he's got a brilliant shot on him. He really drives forward. He's a really unselfish player, and he is a friend of Beside. Yeah, but comparing the sort of the situations of Rhys Cole and Ogbeni is a bit unfair because Rhys Cole's got so many talented midfielders in front of him in terms of the pecking order, whereas Ogbeni is touching the sort of the second st- the, the reserve striker berth. Um, in fact, I'm not saying they're like for like. Don't mean. Don't, don't get me wrong. What I'm, what I'm saying is that. If we, there doesn't the loans have to be beneficial for the player as well as the club. Yeah, right. we we, yeah. we shouldn't be loaning them out to lower clubs and then not being played. As far as I'm concerned, but I think he will play. I think just because he's not played the first game, he's been down there. You know, you don't know if he's picked up a knock. He might not be match fit, sitting on the bench. He, I think he will play a lot of games between now and January. There's a lot of games coming up in in all the leagues, and I think he will play. And I think he'll come back a better player, and then. Will 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 thank Exeter for giving him that experience, for you know, f- and that loan experience. But Dan's got a crystal ball, and he's, <laughs> we're we're, we're going to be sending Exeter a thank you card in January. It was about poor Ollie Watkins. So Ollie Watkins was down there watching him, watch, watching him running up and down the wing, yeah. like but without without the ball at his feet, with a bib on. Quite the same that I touched on earlier that Barbe went back to France and Canos went back to the Oval. Obviously, Oli went back to Exeter. The question I was going to ask, and this is a table-wide question, and to everybody that listens, and please tweet in and give your, your opinions. Uh, I personally have always thought that in the past two, three years, our central midfield, we've had a lot of players and we've been trying to fill a lot of positions with a lot of players in the past few years. And with Reese Cole, who is a friend of B-Sorted and someone we want to get on the pod and think he, all this stuff, would Reese Cole come into the club and start getting first-team games in these? The thing is, we don't know what's going to happen in the January transfer window. If someone starts bidding, you know, if someone comes in and bids and takes all our midfield, you know, we, we could potentially be in an issue. And clearly he's there for a reason. He, I think he's there just in case Sawyers or someone goes. And, you know, the club are very clever because they don't want to be in a situation where we're scrambling around for players. So, you know, hope, you know, worst case scenario is, is that he goes to Exeter till January. Someone, you know, a couple of clubs come in and buy all our midfield and then we've got a ready-made player there for that you know who can just you know uh, fit in the squad and go do you remember when we got really upset when Jake Reeves went (laughs) (laughs) yeah I remember I still remember that Reeves pass that that Jake Reeves pass for judges goal on the last day of uh, whatever season but the season when we got promoted Um, what I will say just I just want to bring a sort of nice positive spin on Ogbené we've seen glimpses of him and the glimpses were his performance against Cheltenham when he came on and looked really, really tasty. Uh, the, the final game of last season where he did that run from the edge of his own penalty box and all he had to do was shoot but squared it um, at the, at the, when he had the goal gaping in front of him. I think the, the loan for Exeter will do him good. I think he does need to have games and I really, really um, implore Exeter to play him. Um, but like I said, we can't, t- we can't really say anything until I say maybe a month, a month and a half in, is he getting games and is he... 
improving. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll heed your advice. I'll, 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 I'll take a step back from this. I'll take my little chill pill. I'll take another little sip of my London Pride unfiltered, and I'll, I'll allow Exeter another. <laughs> then then I'll, I'll go down to Paper Chase tomorrow, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll buy him a thank you card, and I'll write it, but won't sign it, and I won't, I won't, I won't post it until January. When, are, when, when he comes back. Like Pele. <laughs> so before we go on to the next phase of the podcast tonight, we're going to take a take a, a bit of a kind of look back at Gordon Phillips. He's a player, goalkeeper that played for Brentford in the late 60s and early 70s, um, who unfortunately passed away. He lost his battle with cancer um, a week or so ago. I had his granddaughter come round to my house today. She picked up some books. So I, I contacted the family just to make sure that they had enough copies of Colby's and Legends Volume 2, where I interviewed um, Gordon. Um, and there's some really fantastic pictures in the uh, big Brentford book of the 70s and also the 125 year book and the big book of Griffin Park um, so if you want any of those they're available in the club shop um, just my thoughts really obviously go out to his family um, and his ex-teammates because they were a, a close band of brothers his players like Peter Gelson, Bobby Ross um, Alan Hawley and Alan Nelms who they went through some quite dark days with Brentford. Come out of the 1967 crisis where QPR tried to take us over, there was little money around. But players like Gordon Phillips and Chick Brodie and, you know, they, they helped put us back on the map a little bit. Well, they, at least what they did was they instilled some pride back into our football club and they gave their all for the red and white stripes. So, um, thanks Greville's um, Given us another games gone, and you know, let's let's just like spare a thought for Gordon Phillips. He's a you know a Brentford player who who didn't have the glamorous times at, at the club, but he really did give his give his all for the for the bees. So let's raise our glasses, Gordon Phillips. Gordon Phillips. Guys gone. Guys gone. The guy's gone! I was terribly saddened to hear of the death of Gordon Phillips a couple of weeks ago. He was still only a, a relatively young man when he died of cancer, and he will be sorely missed by all Brentford fans. I was brought up on Brentford goalkeepers such as Chick Brodie and of course Gordon Phillips and the two of them vied for the position for at least five or six years. Sometimes Brodie would be in, in command, sometimes the shirt would pass to Gordon Phillips. Phillips was small for a goalkeeper but very agile and particularly brave. He was quick off his line, he smothered the ball at people's feet without any concern for his own safety. He was safe and he was reliable. His only weakness was perhaps on high balls where he was hindered by his lack of height. But he was a trier and in the 72 promotion season, whilst it was John O'Mara who got all the headlines, it was a mean tough back four marshalled by Alan Nelms and Peter Gelson but it was Gordon Phillips who so often was the hero, particularly away from home, where the bees relied on a tough defence 
and quick breakaways when Doherty would invariably get go down the left and put the ball on O'Mara's head and Brentford would win 1-0. There was a game at Gillingham particularly where Brentford were under siege, but at Phillips it was who saved the day and the Bees came away with promotion points. Gordon was one of my early heroes and I loved watching him play. I was a goalkeeper myself, not nearly of his caliber, but watching him inspired me. There were days when it didn't go quite so well and of course, Gordon played an important role in the run to the fifth round of the FA Cup um, when the Bees in 1971 were so harshly beaten by Hull City and the winning goal was surely a foul when Phillips went up for a high ball, was nudged, pushed really, the ball dropped clear, the referee ignored Brentford's pleas for a foul and it was hammered in for a late and totally undeserved winning goal. Maybe he should have punched it, but Phillips never lacked confidence in his own ability, and this was a confidence that was always justified. He'd had a difficult start to his career. He came in as a young 16, 17-year-old, I believe, goalkeeper in an FA Cup tie against Margate, and he fluffed a late header, which he pushed into his own net for an, uh, a late equaliser by the non-league team. Perhaps it was a good learning curve for him. But he recovered, and as I said, he was totally consistent. Sometimes he chaffed at the bit when Brody was in command, and Chick too was a great goalkeeper, and they were good friends, and their rivalry perhaps stimulated the other one to play well, and knowing that they would have to be brilliant to keep, to keep the shirt. Gordon at one time actually went on loan to Queen's Park Rangers, or at least played, I think, in a friendly against Arbroath, a game that ended in a ridiculous 6-3 scoreline. Perhaps that ended their interest in him. Perhaps it was just that their first team keeper, one of the Springer brothers, I believe, was injured, and that was the end of that. The end for, for Gordon at Brentford came very, very surprisingly and very quickly. Um, he was in command of the first team shirt and doing really well and suddenly he got injured and Paul Priddy was brought in from the juniors and not local non-league and Paul Priddy replaced him and Gordon was released by Frank Blunston when he was only I think 27 years of age. Seems surprising at the time and perhaps there was another reason, who knows, it's lost in the mist of time. But Gordon left the Football League. He played 227 times for, for Brentford. Um, conceded only, I think, 1.29 goals per game. Wonderful record. And that was it. He'd gone. Um, he did come back to coach at one time. But he was one of the many Brentford players who kept in close, cut, close touch with his team. And he and the likes of Chick Brody, who of course also sadly taken from us, Peter Gelson, Alan Hawley, Alan Nelms, Bobby Ross, remained close, remain close friends and often got together to tell their tales of their times at Brentford. I'll never forget Gordon Phillips. You never forget the players that you saw when you were young. He was a fine goalkeeper. He was an excellent goalkeeper. He was a consistent goalkeeper. I'm told he was a lovely man too. And I deeply regret his passing. Gordon Phillips, rest in peace.
So, welcome to Play Your Bees Right. And tonight we have three guests. We have Robin Hood, we have Edward the Edward, and we have Dan the Man. And they will be playing their bees right to win ten pence. Or, if they lose, they will have to drink a pint of ESB in one, which no man has ever done apart from Ed. <laughs> so, the rules of the game are the first first Brentford fan here to guess the right answer to five questions and it's all about Brentford appearances. It's a good game, it's a good game and the good game's gone. And my lovely assistant Anthea has gone to the bar to get me another unfiltered. So, Lorenzo Pinamonte, he had 26 appearances for Brentford. Did Benbergers have Higher or lower than 28 appearances for Brentford? Uh, he played a full season and I'm very consistent, so I'm going to say he had higher, more appearances, higher. Higher! You are correct. He had higher than Lorenzo Pinamonte. He had 51 appearances for Brentford. This is the first of five game and you may, you may get all five in a row. Well, we will see. We shall see. Ibrahamo Sonko. Did he have more or less, higher or lower than Ben Burgess's 51? Ibrahamo Sonko, higher or lower than 51? I'm going to say lower. Oh no! He had higher. Ibrahim Sonko had 91. Almost double Ben Ben Burgess's. Ben Ben Burgess's appearances so big ben burgess yes so robin you loser game moves to edward the headwood so edward the headwood ibrahamo sonko did he play more or less higher or lower than isaiah rankin Isaiah ranking higher or lower than Ibrahimo Sonko. He played lower games, ranking played more. Oh, he didn't. He didn't. He only played higher, my friend. Isaiah ranking 97. Yeah, how are you feeling? You must, be, you must feel like a right mug. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So. No, 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 he did. Uptown top ranking, no, rock ranking 97. Sorry, I'm forgetting my accent, 97. So, Sonko's 91. Dan, the man, welcome once again. So, we're with Isaiah Rankin. Isaiah Rankin. Did Matt Harold play more, higher or lower than Isaiah Rankin? Matt Harold, higher or lower than Isaiah Rankin? Lower. Oh, lower, he's only got that right. One point there for Dan the man. We're with Matty Harold now. 39 appearances for Brentford. 39. Right, so back into my pathetic Bruce Forsyth. Um, so, Dan the man. Matty Harold, 39 appearances. Did Ben May play more or less, higher or lower than 39 appearances for Brentford. Ben May, higher or lower? Lower. 
He didn't. He played higher. You're really dragging this boring game out now. 59. 59. Are we going to carry on with this? Should we go for three? Yeah. Okay, forget the five, because obviously we're going to be here all night. Yeah, you get you get the gist of it. We're, we're close. So, is it one, one? Ed's got zero. Oh, sorry, he's got zero. He's got zero. So, where, where do we end then? Ben seven. May, Ben May, Ben May, 59. 59 caps. 59 caps. 59 caps for Brentford. So, Ryan Peters. Ryan Peters. Did Ryan Peters... Higher or lower than 59 caps for Brentford? The Robin Hood. I'm going to say lower. It is lower indeed. Ryan Peters, 47 caps for Brentford. 47. I'm going to go into a separate sheet now. Oh, no, I like this one. Oh, no, I won't. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, Christ alive. Ryan Peters, 47. He stays, stays with Robin. Paul Gibbs. Paul Gibbs, higher or lower than 47 caps for Brentford? No, it's got to be higher, sure. It is, it's higher. 67. He's won. He's only bloody won. So he wins the pint of ESB. No. Oh, no, he doesn't. No, he wins the pint of Yeah, no, I'm not doing this. I'll tell you, I'm going to cut. No, drink responsibly for one. And he lost it on purpose because he's rugby he, he's played rugby, he's played thugby, and he, he's done it on purpose. I'm glad we finished that. I hope you enjoyed it. I, one of one of us four did, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll come back after this twain and we'll do something else. Brentford playing Arsenal at the Emirates. I don't think it's a fixture that any of us are not looking forward to and many Brentford fans of a certain age have been waited pretty much a whole lifetime for this. Uh, it's one of the few clubs that we've never been drawn against whether it's in the FA Cup or the League Cup or certainly not in the Sherpa Vans Trophy. <laughs> so we go, to, we go to the Emirates in a couple of weeks' time with 8,000 Brentford fans which is always going to be a great night. Uh, the, the prices for the tickets are, are exceptional. You know, it's either £10 or 20 quid. If you've got a concession, it's half that, so it could be £5 or £10. To go to one of the best stadiums in the world um, and watch one of the better teams in, in England or in Britain, uh, even though they've not had a great start, is, is always going to be great. And I mean Brentford. So <laughs> we, we go to the Emirates thinking we could probably do a job. We may not be favourites. We're, we're a long way from favourites. But we need to go there. We need to put a decent team out. We need to give them our best shot. We don't want another Chelsea situation where we just turn up and we just get rolled over. There's no point in playing these games unless you play a strong team. The Brentford fans are taking it seriously. They've been buying tickets like, like there's no tomorrow. Um, so we need to go to North London. We need to do a proper Brentford job, whether we win or not. Who, are, who knows, but there's no reason to suggest that we can't give them a decent game. Ed, have you been impressed with the ticketing situation so far? Yes or no? Uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad that after the first day we, we knocked out over half of our allocation so far. Um, regardless of the, the ongoing um, disagreements between 
uh, what the club are putting out and season tickets and members and all that at the moment. I think that will all get resolved. I think everyone will get a seat if they want one. And also, if we run out of that allocation, I think there's probably a little bit extension on that if we need to. Um, Going back to whether we're putting out a strong team or not, I, we, we touched on it on the radio last night. Go back and listen to that. The Love Sport radio would be sorted. Um, I think that uh, with, with the cup team we've put out, I think there will be uh, a strong contingent of the team that were in the cup team, but will more likely be showing our first team from, from uh, the, the league team at the moment. But yeah, so no, all, all, all really happy at the moment with the ticket sales and I assume the team that we'll put out will be our first team. I think probably next week is the week we probably need to be starting talking about the team, probably. I think, you know, we need to get through the Wigan fixture. We need to get probably past the Ipswich fixture next Wednesday. And that then we can start maybe thinking we've got Derby ahead of that. And then we've got, then we've got um, then Arsenal. So there's, there's three really big fixtures before we need to start worrying ourselves about the Arsenal game. But it is the, it's, it's the headline grabber. It, it's the, it's the, it, in, in, in normal seasons, it would be the one game you look forward to all season. You know, we're lucky in this. In, we're now in a division where we play pretty much great teams every week. Wigan probably don't fall into that category. And 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 to be honest, they're probably not saying the same. They're probably saying the same about us. So you know, we, we're we're not a we're not a big catch, nor nor are they. But we we've, we've got them ahead of us before we need to start thinking about Arsenal. But as 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 Ed said, the tickets have gone on sale. Members. Non-season, basically non-season ticket holders, people who are just standard members of the football club, there is a bit of a question mark over whether they qualify for a ticket. Do you think that's right or do you think that's wrong? Um, it's a matter of perspective. My perspective on it is that um, I'm fully behind uh, season ticket holders, um, I'm fully behind members, I'm fully behind um, any sort of affiliation with Brentford Football Club. If you support the club, if you have that affiliation, then by all means shout about it. For me... Um, speaking as a season ticket holder someone who turns up week in week out to the home games I feel I'm more than um, well, more than obliged of getting sort of priorities on away tickets and particularly for big games like this um, I'm not by any means saying that there's a, a massive contingent of armchair supporters that only come out for the big games that's absolutely not what I'm about to say but I feel that as a season ticket holder as someone who dedicates 23 days of his life to of his year sorry to um to the home games at Brentford, of course, the season ticket holders should get priorities over um, for, the, for the big games because they're the ones that turn up and support the team week in, week out for the home games. If that makes sense, it, it, it does make sense. And I'm going to come to you, Dan. I think definitely the priority should be those with season tickets who pay however much a season ticket is. They get first dibs on that, and then it filters down to you know the more casual fan who can't make it. You know, for me personally. The Arsenal game's actually got a bit of a, a personal ring to it because my old man, he's init- he was he's from North London originally. He used to support Arsenal back in the 60s and the 70s. Um, and the really successful times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's, you know, he, he's up from that area, so, you know, he, 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 in theory, he's an Arsenal fan. But, so you know, he supported them for the nine years they did nothing. <laughs> Something like that. But um, So, it's, in a way, it's kind of nice because, like, we're going to the Emirates together and, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how, you know, things come around to these sorts of things you know and you know he used to go to hybrid all the time but you know he's now going as a Brentford fan which I think had you have said to him 40 years ago that probably would have never have happened so 
yeah, it's funny how things go around. Does a, a Brentford season ticket holder surely deserves one and a friend for a game like this? And then it shows you really, you know, as our club grows and the season ticket, uh, the season ticket cohort and the season ticket sort of base grows, we got five. Say we got five thousand, five and a half thousand. When we when we play these games, it's should should it not be a right that the season ticket holder that's in, that's paid for their 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 football a year in advance um, gets 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 first dibs? I, I, absolutely, I, I agree with you. However, I think it's important that we put out the message that you know not everybody's in a position to buy a season ticket. You know that that comes into it as well, and not everybody is in a position to come to every game. So therefore, they might not buy a season ticket because they'll become a member, so they can get you know a discount on a ticket when they want to come to the game. Maybe they can come to. 12 games a season and not 25 games, you know, etc, etc. I think it's important that we realise that. However, at the same time, if, you, if you're putting your money behind your mouth and saying, right, I'm going to buy my season ticket, I'm going to go to 25 games a year or 24 games, whatever it is, uh, the, 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 just because the, you, you haven't backed your, your, your money where your mouth is and not, not backing that, that, that gives you a little bit more leniency as to why you should have priority in the ticket. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, I get that. And there's obviously there's this, um, there's this uh, amount of people that can't afford a season ticket. And, and obviously, that, you know, there, there should be a, um, a way of Brentford Football Club being able to sell them season tickets. I wouldn't say means tested, but you know, pe- people that are not having. But there, are, there are also people that have decided not to buy one, and you know that's their choice and that's their that's their gamble. And and I, you, you, what what you know, basically, it's a, it's it's just a matter of maths, isn't it? You know, you got five thousand. Why, why should someone who's bought a season ticket have exactly the same rights as someone who's just bought membership, one ticket each? So the bigger the, the, bigger the club grow, the more season ticket holders they have. So when they play these games, then we're basically going to sell out. So the only way you can be guaranteed a, a, a ticket for a game of this magnitude, and it really isn't of any magnitude, it is only the third round of the bloody League Cup. This isn't, this isn't, a, blooming, this isn't a blooming final or anything. This is just a, a jolly up on a Wednesday night in North London. It's the, the game isn't really massively important, but it does show you the importance of being high up on the pecking order of, 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 of your, 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 you know, your allocation. I think there's also a case that you don't want the renter mob crowd coming in who, you know, just fancy a night out in North London, because it's London as well, you know, they might feel, oh, we, we can just get a t-, you know, if the club felt that anyone anyone can get a ticket, you get all the, the renter mob lot who just might just want to come up and just cause trouble, so I think you have to be, you have to be careful, not careful, but you have to be, you have to think about it very carefully on how you dip those tickets out because you know we've all been to you know games where the wrong in inverted commas the wrong people have come they just wanted to come because it's a it's a a, a big tie and they just want to go and cause trouble or just do whatever and I think the the people who deserve to go to that Arsenal game the people who are real fans in whatever context that is whether they're do have a season ticket or they're club members and they live up north and they can't come to every game you know there's so many Situations, but I think we have you do have to, in a sense, you know, police it so you, you get the right people at the game because as I said you don't want those ro- in inverted commas wrong people there. 
And uh, equally as well, I mean, it's, it's not all about season ticket holders because, you know, let, let's call it 5,000. You know, let's, let's not say that those 5,000 are week in, week outers. They're, they're people that have made a commitment to go to home games. We don't take 5,000 to an away game. So, you know, I, I could play devil's advocate here and I can say, why should a season ticket holder get first dibs on an away game if someone only goes to an away game. So it's basically working out who your who your mark is. It's all it's all but what I'm saying is it's impossible to please all the people all of the time. Is it no, it's, it's, it's absolutely impossible. Can I, I'm, I just want to cover it from someone... OK, I'm a season ticket holder, I have been for a very, very long time. I can't remember when I was first in this pub, the glorious Bell and Crown, when I was six days old, but I can remember my first ever Brentford game. OK, in all that time that I've been supported, supporting the club, all the right now to this very stage of my life, regardless of the stage of the competition, regardless of the competition, Arsenal away is a big, big game. As a Brentford fan, through and through, I want to go to that game. I have a season ticket, which means that I support the club's home, uh, home games week in, week out. And I understand the perspectives and the viewpoints of where uh, club members are coming from and all the other avenues which people can become affiliated with Brentford Football Club. I feel that season ticket holders, from a f- viewing football perspective, should have priority. That's just absolutely. I can't. I, I really have to say that, of course, Brentford Football Club is about all fans. It is about a Brentford family, but those that make the commitment to a season ticket have to have priority. Yeah. No. I, and just taking it away from Brentford for a second. Look at some of the teams we play against in the league. For example. Uh, you know, your Villas, your Leeds, whatever, when they go to away days, not all of their season ticket holders can fill out the away days. You know, these guys take huge amount of numbers to, to games. And so at what point does, you know, with, with us as Brentford, that we've got season tickets, but then members become less important, whereas some other teams have an argument between it's the first come, first over on season ticket holders. Well, you know, these conversations are going to happen more and more frequently because, you know, as we grow and more and more season tickets we have, hopefully we get further and further up the league. We're going to have these this similar kind of arguments week in, week out. It's time for Five from the Hive. Billy's not here this week, but it doesn't stop him dabbling. And he's been speaking to Adam Pendlebury with Unity Podcast. That's that's what they call themselves. And on Twitter, it's at PWU Podcast. And he's going to answer Billy's very, very Dalek-y questions this week. Five from the Hive. Five from the Hive. Wigan Athletic. Hello everybody, this is Adam Pendlebury from the Progress with Unity podcast. I have been a contributor on the podcast for the last couple of years and recently I've been leading on the Adam Ass feature where I have an opportunity to interview opposition fans and get their thoughts on the weekend's game. Wigan are back. Hello. Hello. But are you back for good this time? So, uh, Wigan Athletic, um, it's always uh, an exciting time being a Wigan fan, never a dull moment. Um, I guess recent history, if you, if you look at uh, 2013 and, of course, the uh, fantastic FA Cup uh, achievement, as you well know, in the same season, 
we were relegated. We made a great attempt to bounce straight back under Uwe Rossler, who we both know uh, very well, of course. Uh, we, we had a great defence of the FA Cup, getting to the semi-final, and we got to the um, playoffs. Unfortunately, lost to uh, Queen's Park Rangers over two legs. The following season was not as good. Rossler was sacked in the November and we were relegated to League One. But under the stewardship of Gary Caldwell, we returned to the Championship. And we were all positive. We thought that we were back and were very optimistic before the start of the season. Maybe that was blind optimism because we were pretty much relegated. Caldwell was sacked again around about the November time. Uh, replaced by Warren Joyce. We didn't really give it a go. We were way too defensive. We returned to the championship. Many opposition fans will be looking at us and saying, well, are they the yo-yo team? Are they going to go down again? My view this season, and I think most of us at the start of the season, saying there was a key difference, and I think the key difference was Paul Cook. Paul Cook, very experienced manager, although not managed at this level, has had lots of managerial experiences. Um, I think that is going to stand us in, in, in good stead. He's made some uh, good signings in the, uh, in, 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 the, in the transfer market. A couple of good loan signings. Um, Robinson, uh, left back, and James at right back, who come with quality from Everton and, and from Chelsea. Uh, we've brought Lee Evans back, who was really good for us last season. Uh, he's a midfield player. Uh, and, and that's kind of just complementing what we've already got, really, which was a very hungry, quite young side who have really bought into what Paul Cook and his coaching staff are actually trying to achieve. Good energy football, good attacking football, uh, but also a good connection with the fans. The players are always willing to give interviews. Uh, Paul Cook doesn't speak in cliches, he talks with a lot of sense. So I think going into the season, we were all quite confident, really, of, uh, of, of, a, of a good season. So I think that's the big difference to me, Paul Cook, and the fact that the players seem to be kind of buying into this, uh, this style of play. Will Grigg wasn't quite on fire when he played for Brentford. Some say he didn't quite get a chance to prove himself. Others say our style of football didn't suit him. Many just say he's not quite cut out for championship football. It caused many an argument on our podcast with me being accused of being Will Griggs' agent. Do you think this season he'll make his mark? So, uh, Will Grigg wasn't quite on fire when he, uh, when he played for Brentford. I mean, there is an argument as well at championship level when he played for Wigan two years ago that he didn't hit the heights that he'd hit for Milton Keynes and ourselves in, in, in League One. I think there were some mitigating factors. He came back from a, a Euros where he pretty much, well, he did sit on the bench for the entirety of the tournament. He was quite clearly more famous for the song, uh, Will Griggs on Fire, than actually for getting on onto the pitch. I think that didn't help him uh, early in the season. And although he got off to a reasonable start, I think he did struggle not having that pre-season. He picked up quite a lot of niggly injuries, couldn't really get a good run in the team. And then as there was a change of manager, there was a change of style. 
and I don't think it really suited Will, uh, to be to be honest. And I think after January, really, he was playing at a position, his confidence had dropped. Then he picked up another injury in the March, ruled him out for the season. And I, I think there was lots of mitigating factors. I think this season um, is, is real, he's going to have a real go at it. He started pretty well. He looks very sharp. Uh, his goal for uh, Northern Ireland in, uh, in, in midweek is going to... Uh, is is going to enhance his confidence even further. So in my view, I think we can expect a, a good season from Will Grigg. I think he's an all-round improved player anyway. I think they uh, he's been coached very very well. He brings players into the game. He can all also drop a little bit deeper sometimes as well. If we do go for the two up, up front and play more in the number ten role, um, and and play some quite intricate short passes and. And link up quite well with the uh, with the midfielders, um, and I, I've got every reason to believe that this season he may well get to around about fifteen goals, which I think would be absolutely uh, fantastic. The Whelan era looks well and truly over. After passing the reins down to his twenty-three-year-old at the time grandson David. Whelan is now selling up to a Hong Kong-based company. Do you think this is good news for Wigan fans? Or are you a bit nervous of faceless foreign investment coming in, judging on what has happened to some clubs over the past few years? So, as you quite rightly state, yes, we are coming uh, to the end of an era, the Dave Whelan era. Um, I mean, I remember going back uh, in, in history, the sort of the... In my view, the dark days, I was at school, uh, Manchester United and Liverpool fans and even Premier League Bolton fans uh, su- surrounding me. And, and we were really struggling, really. We, we, we were in real danger of going uh, out of existence. And then obviously we had the takeover in, in 1995 and the promise from Dave Whelan that within 10 years he would take us to the Premier League. Um, and we were kind of laughed at, but we achieved it within the 10 years. Highs under Dave Whelan, getting into the Premier League, obviously. Fantastic day uh, when we beat Reading. And obviously the FA Cup. Um, I know rival fans will always look at it and talk about it. It was all about Dave Whelan and breaking his leg. But uh, <laughs> why shouldn't he have his day? You know, he had his, his playing day was ruined at Wembley. And I think... That particular day, in a way, it was it, it, everything came together. It was great for him, but obviously, it's bigger than that. It was great, great, great for the club, and quite clearly, uh, a, a big, uh, a big high point uh, in in the uh, tenure of Dave Whelan. As for the new owners, um, it's been a funny situation. It's difficult really to get a handle on exactly what's going on I think we're all fairly confident that the takeover is going to happen so it's more a case of um, when rather than if it seems like um, there's been a lot of due diligence done and they've looked into this and we've got every reason to trust the judgment um, of Dave Whelan and of course of um, of David Sharp, his grandson, who of course has been running the club on a day-to-day basis for the last uh, four years, and obviously renowned for being the youngest uh, youngest chairman. Uh, we keep a good manager, and we buy hungry players who have that quality, but also have that ambition, 
rather than the players maybe who are falling down the the Premier League tree because we've seen already this season that sides with big names like your Stoke Cities and your Nottingham Forest have not started that well. So in my view, um, I'm quite excited at the ownership because of security. And I think if in the end, if we do want to get to back to the Premier League, you do need some level of investment. Uh, but it's got to be sensible investment. And I think at the moment, that's that's the way I'm going to look at it. We can't be too pessimistic about about these uh, these kind of things. You had a decent start of the season. Three wins and a draw from six matches. Has your start surprised you? So, uh, the start to the season, um, so far so good. Um, I, th I think even though we were quite optimistic, I think the tough start to the season meant that uh, we're all thinking to ourselves if we could pick up maybe sort of five or six points from those uh, first few games, it would be a good start. We wouldn't be in the bottom bottom three. But right from the word go, right from the uh, for the Sheffield Wednesday game, where the the attacking football was obviously um, fantastic. Um, quite clearly, through that game, we could see that we could compete at this level, and I think that gave us the uh, gave us the confidence to. Uh, to take into the the future games has it been a big surprise a little bit yeah i think i'm pleasantly surprised uh, by where we are but i said i think for me now it's uh you know we've had those first six games we haven't seen anything to fear um some good sides in this division of course but i don't think we've seen anything to fear i don't think we need we, we should go into our shell we need to keep attacking keep playing well um, you know, it's very, very fast, um, fast-moving football. We are going to get caught at the back because we do push our full-backs up quite a lot. So um, there, there is going to be space. Um, but the defence is uh, is improving. The last couple of games, only one, uh, one goal. Sorry, the last three games, only one goal uh, conceded. Yeah, I think we're very much looking forward to the game uh, at Brentford. It's, the, the football I've seen so far from Brentford has been uh, has been very good, very pleasing on the eye, um, and it'll be very interesting. I think it'll be a slight clash of clash of styles, but I think it's two uh, attack-minded styles, which I think will will make for a very very interesting uh, interesting game. On Saturday, we have two well-rested teams. Brentford went into the international break on a high, with a win against Nottingham Forest. Wigan beat Rotherham at home. Do you think Wigan will have a plan for Brentford's free-flowing attacking style of football on Saturday? Or is it bus parking time? Give us a score prediction. As, I, as I've already alluded to, I think it will be a very kind of attacking game. I think both teams, uh, uh, both teams will score in the game. Um, it's really tough because uh, I think... Both sides are in good form, obviously, after the Nottingham Forest win for Brentford and we beat Rotherham where I think in essence we did actually get over the line in the end. Uh, it was a quite a tight, tight, tight game, uh, but obviously a wins breed confidence. Um, I tend to be optimistic, so I'll, I'll keep that mentality and I am going to go for a 2-1 win for Wigan Athletic. And uh, as we've been talking about him, I will go for uh, a Will Grigg goal um, and a Nick Powell goal. So yeah, thanks very much for having me on your podcast uh, uh, today and um, hope it's a great game on, uh, on, on Saturday. 
Um, obviously, I hope that we get to, but if, if we get the result. But if not, we'll move on, and um, I'm sure we'll win the next uh, couple of games after that. Okay, cheers. Bye bye. So, thank you, Adam, for your thoughts on the Brentford versus Wigan game. Um, check out With Unity. Uh, really good podcast. Comes out every week. Re- yeah, I just, it, you know, I can't recommend it highly enough. But I'm saying that, but I'm looking at this list again. Charlie Ide versus John Massino. Higher or lower? Charlie Ide, 54 caps for Brentford. John Massino, higher or lower? Not having that. Go on, higher what? or lower? Then what? Oh, sorry. Uh, higher. Yeah, higher. Yeah, John Massino, 72. 72 caps. I, I, I'm getting sidetracked again. Anyway, ignore me. Ignore me. So we've got a, an important game coming up on Saturday. The international break is finished. Brentford are at home to Wigan. It's a, it's a throwback to League Three days, but we're not. We are in the Championship. We're in the second tier, and Brentford are fifth in the second tier. We are on a bit of a roll. Let's not, let's not over-egg the um, Blackburn defeat. We've had a really cracking start to the season. Ed, tell me what your thoughts and your hopes and any fears you may have on Saturday. Yeah, no, I... Uh, Going back to the radio last night, I, I went in very confidently with my predictions and Gary Paul, shout out to Gary Paul, uh, came back with the suggestion that it might be a more difficult game than I think it will be. I think uh, it will probably be one of those championship games that we come up against and we have all the possession, all the shots, uh, they stick everyone behind the ball. It, I think it's going to be a 2-0 win. Uh, it shouldn't be too difficult for us. This is uh, Wigan who have just come back up. Uh, they're not anything... Uh, without any, you know any criticism to Wigan, but they're not. Uh, I, I feel you know a, a team that we, we should try, struggle us too much. Robin, two, he's gone two 0 You going higher or lower than two 0 Higher lower than two 0 my darling. Um, I'm, I'm, can't believe the words are coming out of my mouth. I, I agree with Ed. Um, I think 2 0 is a fair, a fair prediction for the scoreline. That's what I'm going with as well. I think they're they're going to be a stubborn team, uh, as with a lot of um, teams in this division are going to be. They're probably going to stick a lot of men behind the ball. Um, I don't know uh, if Will Grigg is uh, a light. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm saying 2 0. I think it'll be a, a comfortable win, but not in the sense that we thrash them. I think we'll, we'll see the game out. We'll win 2 0. I think we'll be good. Dan, the man, that is your name. Yes. What's happening Saturday, my friend? Uh, I think it will be a 4 1. I think Will Greg will score because always ex-Brentford players always do the, the the naughty over us. So, but I think it will it will be a slow burner. I think as been discussed before, it will take a long time. Once we score that first goal, they'll go flying in. But it will take a while for that first goal to go in. Ed. Can I just say, uh, currently at my second podcast, I'm currently one for one. I've got correct score line on my last podcast, and I'm going 2-0 for Bees this time. Well, I'm not sure anyone can prove that, but there you go. It's a big, big, big claim there by the Edward the Headwood. Me, I'm going 3-1 Bees. I think we'll just have a little bit... Well, I'm not, it's not about us being better than Wigan I just think us being us we're better than most teams that we play and, and, I, and I just think that if we just carry on doing what Brentford do that that will be enough to get the victory uh, Ed wants a quick shout before we do the old banging sorry sorry Dan 
I think the the only thing that will kind of uh, hold us back is if we don't take our chance. I think we'll get a lot of chances again, Wigan. But I just think we need to take them almost straight away and not do what we did against what we what we've done in the past, where we've taken a while to kind of get lots of shots, but we don't hit well, the targets. So I, I, I think that's something that we've done for the last two or three, four, five, six seasons already. I think it's probably something we're going to have to get used to until we buy that fifty million pound player. Um, Brentford are going to create loads of chances. People are going to start banging tables any time now, and we are going to say. Come on, you bees! Come on, you bees! Brentford FC, come on, come on, you Brentford, come on, come on, you bees, come on, come on, you Brentford, come on, sit Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.